0: You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Wednesday, September 1st, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Today, our episode is brought to you by the Locked On NFL Preview. The NFL season is about to begin, and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. Through September 8th, Locked On's ultimate season preview is taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason LaConfora follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts to tune in through September 8th. And if you enjoy this show, Locked on Jets, subscribe to it where podcasts are found. We are a daily podcast covering the New York Jets with new episodes each day, Monday through Friday, throughout the year. And if you enjoy it, also leave it a five-star review. It helps us out quite a bit. Really do appreciate it. We do have our weekly mailbag today, and we will get to that in a little bit, but there are some roster moves to discuss. Unsurprisingly, the Jets making some moves the day after cut-down day. As I mentioned yesterday, the initial 53-man roster is just that, an initial roster. You are going to see some moves between now and week one of the regular season, and there were some significant moves. Now, the Jets placed three players on injured reserve. They were offensive lineman Connor McDermott, linebacker Jared Davis, and safety Ashton Davis. And one thing to note this year is that injured reserve only means that you have to sit out three weeks. Once you sit out three weeks, you are eligible to return. In the past, players have had to sit out the full season. There have been regulations that have allowed the teams to bring back one or two players after a longer stretch, but this year the injured list is kind of like the baseball injured list. It can be a short-term injured list, and those three guys clear out three more roster spots. We mentioned yesterday that the Jets had only decided to keep two tight ends on their initial 53 or 52-man roster because technically Chris Herndon was on the roster until the trade with Minnesota was filed with the NFL, which it was last night. But the Jets added a pair of tight ends and they are two familiar names, Daniel Brown and Ryan Griffin. So thank goodness those guys are back. You know, I I don't know how Jets fans slept last night without Daniel Brown and Ryan Griffin on the roster, but now you can rest easy and know that those guys are back in the mix. And Brown, I think, was mainly a special teams move because he did leave lead the Jets in special teams snaps a year ago and of course the Jets retained their special teams coach Brant Boyer. The Jets claimed a couple of players off waivers on Wednesday, and they were actually Quinnen Williams' brother, Quincy Williams. They got him from Jacksonville, and then they got uh, Tim Ward. These are relatively small moves, and they also agreed to terms with a safety Sheldrick Redwine. But two big moves, I think, probably the two biggest moves, were cuts the Jets made. And one of them is Bless Austin, who has been a starting corner for the Jets really the last year and a half. He took over about halfway through the 2019 season and looked reasonably good, but there were some caveats. The Jets were placing him in highly sheltered roles. They were giving him a lot of safety help. They were not asking him to do much in the few instances that season where they did ask him to do a lot. It was a big time struggle. He came back in 2020 and it was just awful. I mean, there, I, he was really bad at 2020. And, you know, he had a rough training camp this year. I think every time you saw a completion, the report followed that Bless Austin was in coverage. I'll tell you the days I was at training camp, it certainly looked like Zach Wilson was going after him, especially when Corey Davis lined up against Bless Austin. It was like Zach Wilson knew he had a completion. And I have to say, I'm a bit surprised at the reaction from the fan base because I've seen a lot of anger towards the Jets when it comes to this move. And I feel like this is almost a case that shows you people think that players they know are good. Name recognition matters a lot when people evaluate NFL players, I feel like, because if you look at Bless Austin's actual body of work, let's be honest, he's a fringe roster player. He was a sixth-round pick. He really has not shown that he can be a credible corner in this league. Again, he had the 2019 stretch, but Jets really sheltered him, and the Jets played terrible quarterbacks, during that stretch as well. So there was nobody who could really take advantage of bless Austin. Last year I thought he was exposed. And I didn't I did not really see anything that was redeeming about his game aside from tackling, but tackling in the corner if you don't have anything else. That's like kind of like having a receiver who can run block. It's nice to have, but if you can't cover, you're not going anywhere. And I mean he he just was not great off the line of scrimmage, not good instincts, bad speed, had trouble tracking receivers. Bad ball skills. The Jets have a lot of late round young corners on this roster. And Austin's just one of them. The fact that he started all these games does not make him anything other than a late round young corner. Now, he, he was actually the most experienced corner on the roster prior to being waived. But I don't know that there are many teams, bless Austin, would have had starting experience for. And I think sometimes maybe we overestimate experience, how much it matters. Now, it, it can make a difference. But it only means so much. If you have experience being bad, that doesn't really help you. And I don't know that there's a big difference between, between Bless Austin or Jason Pinnock or Brandon Echols. The only difference is people know him because he's been a starter with the team the last couple of seasons. I, mean, I saw one tweet out there that talked about the Jets having the worst cornerback room in the league, and they cut their number one corner from last year. Well, the reason they had the worst cornerback group in the league was that A guy like Bless Austin was arguably their their top corner last year. I mean, I don't think this guy's going to go on to have much success in the NFL. I think it was a surprise that the Jets made this move, mainly because he was getting a lot of first-team reps, but I think you could argue he almost played his way off the roster because he just wasn't good enough. And I I don't know that the Jets are really that much worse. Aside from the fact that they're now going to play corners people don't know, they haven't heard of as much, less name recognition, those are the things that the Jets. The Jets have done. They've they've gone from a guy people knew to a guy they don't know. But I I don't know that they've gotten appreciably worse at the corner position. I don't know that plus Austin really has much ability. Again, he was a late round pick for a reason, and he really struggled last year, and he was having a bad camp. And the other name the Jets let go was Jabari Ziniga, who was a third round pick a year ago, and. He had a real opportunity. I mean, it shows you he did nothing with his opportunities because with the injuries to Carl Lawson and Vinny Curry, there was playing time available off the edge, and Zanika just did not take it. He was outplayed by Bryce Huff. Again, another case of a Florida third round pick being outplayed by an undrafted rookie. It happened a couple of years back with Kyle Phillips over Jakai Polite. It happened again. And, you know, I said the day Zanika was drafted, it was not fair to hold Polite's failures against him. And I still believe that. These failures are independent, but it simply did not work out for Jabari Zuniga. There are rumors the Jets will try to add him to the practice squad if he clears waiver. So a second Joe Douglas draft pick from 2020, his first draft class, has been cut. And, you know, it's a sign that we're moving past the honeymoon phase with Joe Douglas. You know, we're past the point where people are going to act like this general manager can do no wrong. He's going to make mistakes, and you know at the beginning of a tenure, I always feel like it's almost a barometer for the, your general outlook on the team because most people do not want to hear any criticism of the new general manager when he begins, and then there's a handful of people who try and be contrarian, I feel like, and they tell you he's going to stink, which is the, the easiest thing in the world to do is to, like, to predict somebody's going to stink before you have any data in on them because most people fail in the NFL. But now we're gonna have a chance to really examine Joe Douglas. You know, now now that we've seen some of his draft pick fail, draft picks fail. I'm glad he's moving on from them. You know, it, it's it's not a lot. You know, but some, there are general managers who stick with their draft picks way too long. I'm glad he can admit a mistake. It doesn't mean a whole lot because Mike Mcagnon was able to min, make admit a mistake. He moved on from a lot of his draft picks pretty quickly, and it did not mean he was a good general manager. But it it is a good quality to have to just frankly admit you made a mistake and move on from them and we're going to begin to see whether Joe Douglas has done enough we're going to begin to see how good of a general manager Joe Douglas is we can get past the whole praising him for everything or a few people criticizing him for everything and we'll see whether the good outweighs the bad and of course this year we're still in the building phase it's not this is not going to be a complete roster there are some good things he's done there are some bad things he's done you know The Bless Austin thing reminds me of something I said the other day, and I think I really misspoke the other day where I said you can't blame Joe Douglas for the corner situation because, and I said, you can't fill every hole in a single year. And I misspoke there because it's true you can't fill every hole in a single year, but that doesn't mean you have to go into the season with nothing but first and second year players who were either late round picks or undrafted free agents. What that means, you can't fill every hole, is that you're not going to have a cornerstone player every year. You may not have a Darrell Revis as your number one corner after this year. You have to, they prioritized other areas. But I do think you have to look at corner right now. And this was this would be true even if Les Austin wasn't here. Uh, I'm sorry, this would be true even if Les Austin was here, because Bless Austin is not any good. You got to wonder what they what the heck the Jets are thinking at corner, because this is looking tough. And unless maybe there's a trade trade in the works, but I really don't get what they're doing at corner. I do get, however, why they cut Bless Austin. You know, I think that the reactions today have been kind of wrong because the reactions, generally speaking, have been why would you cut Bless Austin when, when the real reaction should be why haven't you done anything at corner, even a, a low-money, high-upside stopgap, something. But ahead here on the Locked on Jets podcast, we're going to move into our weekly mailbag. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to begin the new season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this year. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including Online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. And be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers when signing up and using promo code NFL 100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball and boxing right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bed Online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Locked On Jets podcast on this Wednesday, we now go to the mailbag. Thanks to everybody who sent in questions. Our first question, we cannot speak for Robert Sala, the coaching staff, or Joe Douglas, but have you seen anything on the tape to give us hope that Mike White is good at any of the things quarterbacks are supposed to do? Well, it's a little tricky because in preseason, they don't give you the all-22 film And that's the film that shows you the entire field. It's the one the coaches use to review and game plan. In preseason, all you get is the broadcast film, and it's essentially that—that's what—that's the view you're watching at home. And if you're watching a game at home, you know you cannot see the whole field. There are certain things that just are not in your vision, and typically, that the analyst after the play gives you the replay, and they they tell you what you missed. And I always like to kind of do these things on my own so it's a little frustrating but you know I don't think there's any way around it. The Jets have done a very poor job with the backup quarterback spot. I have a lot of issues with with the way Joe Douglas has operated. I don't love the way he did it last year where they waited way too long to address it and finally they got Joe Flacco and I don't think Joe Flacco was very good. I think he was a pretty poor option. And they they kind of lucked into him because he was still available kind of late into the offseason. And the entire rationale, if I recall it, for signing Joe Flacco, I remember doing the show the day the Jets signed it. And I said, this is not a great signing, but at least he's better than Mike White. If You know, you can't go into the season with Mike White as your backup quarterback. What are the Jets doing this year? They're going into the season with Mike White as their backup quarterback. I mean, I, I it, to me, it seems like Mike White's afraid to throw the ball down the field. It Seem, seems like he's really hesitant to, to throw anything past five yards. He has done a lousy job in two-minute situations. I really worry about the Jets, and I, I know the what people say is well, if Zach Wilson goes down, the season is over anyway. It that's true if he suffers like a season-ending injury week one or something like that. Then yeah, there are very few teams that are built to play their entire season without their starting quarterback. The Nick Foles situations. Even, or even are rare, where the quarterback goes down late in the season and you have somebody who can rally you through the playoffs for a couple of games. Those are rare. But what I'm worried about is more the situation where Wilson suffers like a one to three week injury and the Jets the Jets need somebody to get them a win to keep them afloat in the wild card race, which you know may not come into play. But I don't think they have that. I don't think Mike White can win games. That's my view on this. I think that they've done a horrible job. I think there are certain things Joe Douglas deserves credit for. There are certain things Joe Douglas deserves blame for. If you're talking about things to blame him for, I think black backup quarterback would be it, near the top of the list. And I think other things you could look at are the way he's handled kicker in, in his three years with the Jets. We'll see how we'll see what they do with that role. I think another thing you could blame Joe Douglas for again is corner. And again, I want to reiterate. I think I misspoke. The, I think I was way too easy on Joe Douglas the other way the other day. He's got to take some grief. I'm not saying that they need their, no, their, you know, the guy who's going to be the number one corner for the next seven to eight years. He, I'm not saying he needed to acquire him the, that off season. This off season, there are certain things you could not do, but there's also no reason they had to go into the season with a bunch of late round, and undrafted first and second year players. So I, I'm quite worried about it. Our next question is also about Mike White. It is. Why should I think that Mike White is better better than Luke Falk in a regular season game? Though the on-field results may be better simply based on coaching, I don't see the point of a developmental backup who has no ceiling as a future starter, especially when your current starter is the guy you're hoping to have for 20 years. Any hope another quarterback can be brought in who has potential starter upside in the event Wilson fails to typical Jets curses? Or do we just bring Johnson back from his couch, assuming something happens to Wilson? And in-game, is Jeff Smith still around because he, he is... Simply because he's the emergency quarterback. So, with lots of questions here. I mean, look, quarterbacks are hard to find at any point. It's hard to have two good quarterbacks. It's impossible to find a, a quality quarterback at this time of year. Now, Josh Johnson is going to be with the Jets. He just signed to the practice squad today. So, Josh Johnson is going to be the number three quarterback during the week. And yes, I do think Jeff Smith, who made the team as a receiver, he's going to be the third quarterback. He'll be the emergency quarterback during games because Josh Johnson's not going to be activated from the practice squad. So during games, I think Jeff Smith will be the third quarterback, but I don't see Jeff Smith as being on the team just to be the number three quarterback. As I said yesterday, I was watching the way they were using him against the Eagles, you know, using a lot of motion, giving him handoffs, trying to get him get him in in space with screens and that's kind of the way I think they're going to use Elijah Moore. so I, I view Jeff Smith as kind of like the backup Elijah Moore who happens to have quarterback experience who they can you know put in there if both if the the top two quarterbacks go down, but I'm like, I mean, let's be honest, it's going to be ugly if Jeff Smith has to play quarterback for the Jets. I mean, he's only slightly better than, than the alternative. It reminds me of back when Bilal Powell was the emergency quarterback because he had ex- experience playing quarterback in high school. You hope it never cu- gets to that point. And I certainly don't think that would be the reason the Jets, that would be the exclusive reason the Jets kept him on the roster. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor, so there's something for everybody. And if you if you have not yet tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you get two each of the nine flavors. Not only is Bilt Bar the best tasting, it's healthy too. Order today and get raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you'd like. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, it's promo code LOCKED15. It's one word with no space. L-O-C-K-E-D number one, number five for 15% off at BiltBar. B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. Locked on Jets podcast on this Wednesday doing our weekly mailbag. Our next question who are some of your favorite players who were cut who you would like to see the Jets pick up via waivers or free agency? And I guess at this point, we're really talking free agency because waiver claims were made. As I mentioned earlier, the Jets were awarded a couple of players off waivers. I mean, you have to look at any corner with a pulse right now. I, but I, the, the issue is that anybody who's cut, I'm not sure that they're really uh, uh, starting material. You know, wave the Cutdown day is can be used effectively to build your depth, to get quality backups. I'm not sure it's really a tool to get starting caliber players. I mean, you know, one guy who is available at the time we are recording this podcast is a veteran pass rusher, Pernell McPhee, who Baltimore cut, although there are some rumors he'll end up back with the Ravens. You know, he's not a guy who posts a ton of sacks, but... He's been a guy who's been pretty prolific at getting to the quarterback, generating pressures, uh, generating quarterback hits. So in a world where maybe he was not available, uh, in in a world where maybe he was not returning to Baltimore, I'd have him in mind. Outside of that, though, like I'm looking at the corners who are available, and I mean, I'm not seeing as, as dismal as things look right now, I'm not seeing anybody who really looks that attractive to me. I mean, Maybe you want to roll the dice on Desmond Trufant, who was let go by the Bears, who at one point was a tremendous corner back in his days with the Atlanta Falcons. But I think it's tough right now. I mean, I don't really know that there are a lot of great options for the Jets at at the corner position. And I certainly don't feel great about heading into week one if you're looking to the waiver wire to try and find guys who can play effectively as starting caliber players. And our last question, with the latest news that Bless Austin has been cut, it's clear that this year's defensive backs class will play a significant role for the Jets. Based on what you have heard and seen, how do you think Eccles Pinnock, Michael Carter II, and Isaiah Dunn will fit on the depth chart this season, and what are your expectations? My expectations are that I'm worried. I I mean, I hate to be so negative on today's show, but I guess it was just it's not so much that I'm upset the Jets cut Bless Austin, but it kind of made me take another look at the corner position and just to see how shaky things currently look. Uh, Echols, I think, had some moments in training camp, especially the, the days I was there, so he's a little interesting. I know the Jets the Jets do seem to like Michael Carter the second. There have been some rumors that maybe the Jets are gonna move Javelin Guidry outside, although since the day since the day the Jets signed him as an undrafted free agent the talk has all been about him playing the slot, so that, that would be interesting. I think Isaiah Dunn was, was awful in preseason. I don't see why he made this roster, to be honest with you. He, he looked awful. In pre- I mean, he, he looked like a guy who belonged on the practice squad, if that. I mentioned this yesterday, that the Jets must see, see something that was not there on the film. Maybe it was something in practice, but they gave him a record contract for an undrafted rookie. And he did nothing to justify a roster spot. I certainly hope Isaiah Dunn is not the starter. My guess is that it's going to be Eccles uh, starting opposite Bryce Hall. But your guess is as good as mine. I mean, I wouldn't be sho- shocked if there was some sort of trade in the works because they got to do something here. I don't really know how you could go into the season with this group of corners. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked on Jets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Hope you have a great Wednesday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.